My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. Hello, my name is Dean. I live in Burlington, Ontario, and I love hockey. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. My, my first game uh, that I played uh, was in the Chicago. Uh, you know, obviously excited to, to make the team. And, and the funny thing is that year, I really didn't train, train that hard. You know, and then all of a sudden they said, oh, you basically make it a team, you know what I mean? So I had to really bust my butt and I got in good shape and I got in obviously playing shape. I started feeling really good about myself in the first game. Brian Johnson was born in 1960 in Montreal, Quebec. He played for the Detroit Red Wings in the 1984-85 season. He also had a long career in the Meyer Leagues through the 1980s. His passion for hockey started at a young age. I started at four. I started at four, and I did. Then I didn't really skate that much. Then my sister, like my my families were all very good athletes. My two sisters, my brother, and my brother was the oldest, and there's two sisters to me. I'm the, I was the baby at the family. My mother was uh, from uh, Digby, Nova Scotia, and my mother was an athlete, uh, hardworking woman, you know, uh, probably the smartest woman I know. She only had a grade six education, but she was so wise. And, um, but the things that she always told me was, Brian, no matter what you do, be better than anybody else. So that was installed in me at a very young age. And, um, and especially, you know, knowing that, and my mother played hockey you know, and, and on the, in the lakes and stuff like that in, in her hometown, you know, uh, my dad played hockey. Uh, so as a kid, as far as back as I can remember, my favorite player growing up was Jacques Plot. I wanted to be a goaltender, um, uh, playing ball hockey. I was, you know, I played out obviously, but I, I would, you know, goaltending, you know, the quick glove, you know, you, you like all that stuff, but, uh, I wanted to be a goaltender. every project that I wrote, in school, I said I want my favorite hockey player was Jacques Plante, and I wrote uh, always on Jacques Plante as a school as a school project as far as uh, uh, writing uh, wise. Well, who inspired me was my mother and father. You know what I mean? <laughs> my mother was a tough woman. You know what I mean? She was a country girl through and through. My father was probably the funniest man I ever met in my life. Um, great parents, great great parents. Brian's early life was split between Quebec and Nova Scotia. Because my father worked on the railroad, right, and being born in Montreal and my relatives down in the, in the Maritimes here, uh, every summer from St. John the Baptist to Labor Day, I was in, I was in Halifax, 2476 Creighton Street. I grew up there, you know, uh, and for the summers and the winter times, I was able to come back to Montreal, you know what I mean, go to school and, you know, and so on and so forth. But majority, until I was 15 years old, I was in the Maritimes all the time. When visiting family in Nova Scotia, he was exposed to a historic black hockey legacy. I was very fortunate to meet Manny McIntyre. Uh, I was very fortunate uh, to know uh, uh, Ronnie Robinson. Is it Ronnie? Because well, his brother, Norm, Norm, Norm Roberts, sorry. Norm Roberts' brother, I think it was Ronnie Roberts, played for the Halifax Flourishers back then. Um, I heard about the Maxwells. Um, I heard about, um, you know, a lot of players that played in, uh, in Nova Scotia that were really great hockey players, but could not 
get that opportunity to go further. Just their skin color. You know what I mean? It's hard. I know as myself growing up in Montreal, and uh, like I said, living in multicultural, you know, it wasn't hard for me really when I played in Midget. But when I got to junior, whew, man, I was called every name but Brian. You know what I mean? So you look back and the people that before me that played, that I'm, I'm standing on their shoulders, uh, what they went through. And in, Hel- in Nova Scotia, was, it was brutal. I, I remember my brother-in-law, my ex-brother, actually, he used to tell me when they played played hockey in places like Windsor and stuff like that, you know, it was, it was, it was terrible. In multicultural Montreal, Brian found he wasn't the only black player on the ice. Playing in the, my second year Pee Wee, there was, uh, my line was the black connection. Uh, it was, yeah, I had one guy. Yeah, one guy was my right winger. Uh, Andrew, no, Andrew Penancy was left winger. And uh, Claudel Callender was my right winger because I played center then. And yeah, we were tearing the league up. You know what I mean? Where Andrew was like a guy, man, this kid was a talented athlete. We loved it. They had, we had the French connection line and we had the black connection line. And that was our thing. At this age, Brian loved hockey so much, he and his friends went to any length to watch any important hockey game. I went, my first Montreal Canadian game was um, when I was seven, 16 or 17. I just got drafted uh, to, to Quebec Major. And we were watching a Memorial Cup in Montreal at the Forum. And uh, me and my friend, Peter Peon, God rest his soul, um, we, we, we watched the Memorial Cup in the afternoon. And Montreal was playing Philadelphia at night. And uh, so we, we hid in the bathrooms and all over around the places like that. He got caught. I ended up watching the game. And uh, funny thing, I seen Reggie Leach play. And then after, I was at training camp with him many years later. Brian began playing hockey in the Quebec Major Junior League and developed even further. See, after my first year, um, you know what I mean, having this, ah, not a great season. So I really busted my tail and uh, went to power skating school. I came back and I was probably one of the most improved players in the league. You know what I mean? Ended up scoring like 32 goals or something like that. Had a great season. Yeah, being considered uh, to sign with the WHA. You know, me, Ray Bork, and uh, Normal Band, another great guy, phenomenal guys. My, as far as success for our junior, my last year after I got traded from Verdun to Sherbrooke, we ended up losing in the finals. We, went out, we won the league championship, but we lost in the playoffs. Uh, we won the regular season championship, but we lost in the playoffs. We lost to uh, Dell Howard, Chuck with 16, Mark Crawford. Um, we, we beat teams, we swept, beat, beat. They were playing a team called Shakutami back then when D. Carbonell was on that team. And uh, they went to seven games. And we were off for like 10 days. So you know what? That's like not being inactive. You can practice as much as you want, but you can simulate things, but it's not game. And we first game, we outshot them out of God knows. And they end beat, they ended up beating us, I think it was 5-4. If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. Although performing well, Racist abuse was all too common in junior hockey for Brian. Well, the thing is, with me, 
because of my competitive nature and like I'm saying what my mom, you know, had installed in me to uh, be better than anybody else, you know, and my era growing up watching Muhammad Ali uh, wrestling Gorgeous George. And so if they were booing me or calling me names, that would fuel my fuel me. But if I, I was such a terrible loser, I'm a great winner, but I was I'm a terrible loser. Re referees and junior. I, I played for Verdun Blackhawks. We have the same and sing obviously have the Chicago Blackhawks, except with the V. Referees one time said penalty to 26 black. We didn't have black. <laughs> you know, it's it was crazy, man. I couldn't wait to leave Junior. Junior was hell. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm probably scarred still from Junior. Soon Brian was flying, and getting drafted to the NHL wasn't far away. But he has mixed feelings. In 79, Ted Lindsay, God rest his soul, that was a beautiful man. Uh, he came and he signed me and, uh, you know, uh, he said, you know, we're probably the league to start not drafting a lot of 19-year-olds. And uh, so, you know, with the year with the WHA and NHL merging in 79, um, so um, there was teams looking at me and um, he told me that they wanted to sign me. And Roderick Lemoyne was my agent. He was also like the lawyer agent for us back then. And uh, I signed with Detroit and I went down to, actually, I went down to their training camp in uh, Lake Superior College. I went down there and I was, you know, I skated with them. Mike Foligno was their first pick that year. Uh McCor was there. I go into the dress, I go into the dressing room. Frank Mahovich was trying to make a comeback, comeback, right? And uh, Pete, Pete Mahovich was there and I come in and he says, what, are you coming here signing shoes? You know what I mean? Or, but he was, I actually played with Pete and Honorotic won the Calder Cup, but, you know, it's just that kind of thing. I got dressed probably within five minutes just waiting to get on the ice, you know, nervousness and stuff. But uh, but with Ted Lindsay, when he signed me, he said, Brian, they had a clause in uh, my contract. If I was rated in the top 21, then uh, I would get more uh, signing bonus, which I was rated. I was what I was rated in the top 21. Uh, Ted Lindsay was great. He gave guys good contracts. He was obviously, you know, Start the players' association, so it was always for the players, and uh, so they relinquished his duty as GM, and then they had him down to coach, and um, so that was starting to be the change, starting to be a little bit of changing of the guard with Detroit because I I think the team was up for sale, we didn't sell that year, I think it sold the year after that, and so uh, I didn't get a chance in the games. Uh, I had an exhibition game in the American League, and I played really well. There was a coach. Uh, put it this way. I'm, uh, me and my one of my teammates, Rajan Cloutier, that played on my team in, in junior, Sherbrooke, and him being French and me being black. We were ridiculed by him, you know what I mean, behind our behind our backs. And we found out later, uh, one time of doing a test and uh, sprinting, you know, you had to run a mile in so many minutes. Uh, then you had to do a 60-yard dash. And so with the medicine ball, so I ran. And he said, I wonder why he's running fast with the ball. He's acting like it's a TV, stolen TV. So this is the kind of things that were said, the racism. As I'm older, like I turned 63 last Saturday, Saturday passed. And, you know, I, I look at my accomplishments. And, yes, you know, I, I, I did things not a lot of people have done. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't able to write my own chapter. You know, I wasn't able to get the opportunity to play. So even when I was in Detroit, 
Despite these issues, his love for hockey has left some amazing memories. Okay, well, basically, you know, you're, you're playing and, you know what I mean, you, you see the lineup and, you know, I'm excited and fired up. And, you know, when they always say, go find your place, you know, that, that's always a good sign. And, uh, and then I just lived with Brad Park for a while because I, he was going to move. I was going to take over his place. You're, you're, I was 22 or 23 at the time. You don't know better. You don't know better. You're just, all you're doing is what you did all your life. Oh, man, it was, I, 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 my skates felt like it was off the ice. I was, so, I was so pumped up, man, that Oregon and just, you know what I mean, the, singing the national anthem and all of a sudden, you know, the fans going crazy for, for their hawks, you know. And I didn't look around the crowd. I'm just, you know, I was just tunnel vision. I was happy. I was more than happy. I was elated to be there. That, you know, your dream has uh, been realized. And, uh, yeah, man, that excitement, that excitement still feels good in my stomach today because you know what? I now have grandkids and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and they can look. And when my nephew was in Montreal, uh, Montreal in Toronto and, and he looks at players that played in the NHL, my name's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, it, it's an honor. It's an honor. You know, it, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Brian then moved on to the Meyer Leagues, playing across the USA. When I played in Dallas. Dallas was its own Central League, was like the American League, was the same equivalency as the American League. A new beginning, fresh start. While in these leagues, Brian got the opportunity to become a role model. One of the greatest things that I, my best, one of my best recollections when I was in Dallas, actually, underprivileged kids, we went, uh, there was a guy from the Texas Rangers, Dallas Cowboys, and the Mavericks. And we went to help these kids, you know, feed these kids for Christmas. And they were so uplifting and, you know, it just it, it just touched my heart. It just I just remembered so so well. You know, and these kids for their Christmas dinner had a hamburger and an old member of McDonald's package, like the cellophane that they used to have, and potato chips. You know, I mean, I I'm there lifting them. They actually lifted me up. You know, and a lot of a lot of uh, Tyler Chase, a lot of black kids that you know I used to speak to them and just and just gave them the. Uh, uh, the, the the guidance and 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 gave them a you know a navigational system how to proceed to be successful in in the, in the game. So what advice does Brian have for us, and what does he think hockey needs to flourish? You, I see kids every day uh, that come. I work at Costco here in, in St. John, and uh, people you know they get to know who I am, and uh, I see young hockey players, female, male. And I tell them, enjoy the game, work hard, have fun. But I said, I asked them, what is your definition of fun? And I said, the definition of fun, if you're a forward, is beating a defenseman one-on-one. That's fun. If you're a defenseman, is stopping a forward. If your goalie is stopping the puck, that's fun. But hard work leads to having fun. So when you work hard, you're going to have fun. And and you know what? Learn fundamentals of the game. Kids are kids have more skill nowadays than ever, but their fundamentals is lacking in the in my opinion, at not shouldn't say fundamentals, their athleticism. Because when I was playing baseball, I played hockey. So now the puck get in the air, I can put my hand up and knock it down. Now they put their stick up because they don't have that athleticism. Yeah, we played soccer in school, you know, with the tennis ball. I was good with the puck in my in my in my skates. You know? 
I can play the puck off my skates and put it to my stick. It was little things. But they don't they don't teach that because they want them to get parents living vicariously through their kids. You know what I mean? Think they're the next one. Uh, what I would give to young hockey players today, play another sport. Play another sport beside hockey. Don't play 12, 12 months a year. You know what I mean? Because that, I think that has, a, that has a burnout factor. So when you, because if you miss something, you'll love it. So what, what, what else have they done? They made it so expensive, a lot of people don't have the resources. You know, so when you, I, I can pick up a basketball and make a garbage tin, put it up and throw it. A baseball, you get two gloves and a ball. Uh, football, get a ball, toss it around. But hockey, because of the, the uh, equipment factor and the pricing of a stick, who, who can afford? I used to buy my son a dozen sticks, you know, because I played for Sherbrooke and I was going able to go to Sherwood and get a dozen sticks for him. But one, one that doesn't cost me, one would cost one stick today. Because hockey is a great game. I love that game. I love the game to this day. I had my parents when I didn't like it because it was personal to me as far as different things. But it's a great game. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey. By lowering financial barriers for BIPOC, female, and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.